Hi, and welcome to the sixth episode of Keen Minds. I am Jen, a.k.a. Takata Cycle. And I am Tessa. And we are going over uh, season four, episode six, Thrushes. And so we're going to hop right in, uh, go over our character development and parallels. And do you want to start uh, just to kind of look over so, uh, Samar and Aram? Or, oh, uh, yes. Saram Samar and Aram were, were absolutely terrific. This was a wonderful episode for both of them. And I, I, I think it was so intriguing about about this was that Aram is always on the safe side, you know, kind of biting his nails. Are they going to pull it off? Are they going to do it? Are they in danger? And this is the time where he's actually the one in danger. And he is, um, it's, a, it's a very nice reversal of those roles, but also an interesting dynamic. I was thinking about how the blacklist has this wide range of relationships that are not your traditional male-female uh, relationship. How, you know, Aram is tough in his own way, uh, and but he's kind of like very happy to let um, Samar protect him. I thought that was very interesting. Like, banana, banana. <laughs> what part of a banana did you not get? You know, I was scared there, and I needed you. And I love that he admitted that to her. I mean, it's that's we've talked about before that Aram wears his emotions on his sleeve more than most of the characters in this show. And when he's sitting there and talking to her in the van before he goes in, he says, I'm not like you. I'm scared. And that's I think Samar may have taken that as a bit of a slight at first. And b before he admitted that he was scared when he just said, I'm not like you, I think she may have read that at first as, you know, I'm not I'm not a person that could basically look someone in the eye as I shoot them and kill them and not flinch which is what she read at first and then he's like no I'm scared it's not you know it wasn't an insult that he was saying he was saying I'm not it's not that he's not brave like her it's just that, that he's he, brave in a different way exactly exactly and he's in a, he's brave in a way that they need him to be brave in because they couldn't do what they do without him behind the keyboard exactly but I thought that that was very interesting because you're seeing a lot of non-traditional, non, you know, like the male, the protector, the, you know, everything that, for example, wrestlers and bodies. And a, a lot of female roles are not, you know, the more passive. And I love that. I love that, that there is all this presented as, you know, this is, this is okay too. They're breaking you can gender a, stereotypes. Exactly. Every single one of them. And that's that's beautiful. It really is. The way that they have set these characters up with the layers and the depth that they have is just... And then they break them out of their own comfort zones, which is great. I mean, when when Samar hands around that gun, you just see that horror. Because they touched on it briefly already this season. Back all the way to season one. And we've talked about the fact that the writers keep tying things in, keep tying things mm -hmm. in. We just have to be patient. It's not that they've forgotten us. It's that they, they just haven't gotten to it yet. And that they have a long game going here. But mm -hmm. she hands him that gun. And my immediate reaction is, don't you know that handing a person without the training a gun is more dangerous? She, at least it's going to take that from him. And then I realized, he's had training. The man has training, even if he doesn't go out to the range all the time he's got to keep up at least so much oh, to have his license yeah that's what i'm saying the fbi would require it 
And I think that the, the what, what Liz tells him in season one is uh, pretend they're paper. Yeah, that's exactly what she tells him. Yes. And but that's obviously not something he can do with Elise. But I'm. I was just so proud of him in this episode. I really was. I was proud of several of the characters. And it was just he really went outside his comfort zone. And I, I was a he little was bit so worried. angry. I, and well, the, and he the, was the, at himself and at her and at the situation and at the fact that his trust had been betrayed. He was angry for, for all the right reasons. But I also, I was a little bit worried that he was going to have trouble heading back. I really was. That was a genu- genuine fear I had going into the, the scene was that she was going to take to start swinging and he was going to go, but I can't hit you. You're my girlfriend. I can't do that. You know? <laughs> and he swung back. And I was so proud of him for that because he had to or he was going to get killed. Yes. And again, you're breaking the stereotype. It's like you're you're not, you know, you, I think that is like you're not, you're not just a woman. You're a trained agent. And that's, and that's something that, and this is something that we can touch on over hiatus when we go into mm-hmm. the specific scene, but uh, I have a friend over on Tumblr uh, that we discuss very often when the, the fight scene from season one between the Keens comes up, that, you know, people say, well, he abused her because, you know, they, they went at it in their living room, and I'm like, she, she's trained, that was spy on spy action there, because it's, and Honestly, I mean, while Aram's not a spy specifically, but it was agent on it agent is. action. It, it, well, he was that day. He was spying on her that day. Oh, no, but it, he's a spy. He's, he's, I mean, he's the most, uh, in nowadays, he's a spy spy. He's a, he's a spy as a spy gets. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he's, anyway. He's a super hacker. But it was just, I was glad to see that broken because I, I hate this idea that because a person is a woman that they're not as much of an agent as a man would be and you have to treat them differently in a fight you know what it, if, it's a it's a combatant a combatant is a combatant i don't care the 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 gender exactly once once women go into combat situations or field situations there is no difference and it shouldn't be because that's that's you know that would be you will say that they're being um that they're um not treating women the same sexist we fought, we fought for exactly we fought for equality now we have it yep and that means that uh, if the woman is a badass she should be allowed to act as a badass exactly whether, whether it's Elise who is a baddie or Liz who is awesome you know they're they're still going to be a badass and the fight should be even out so exactly. i really i really was happy to see the fact that he was willing to, and i love that he grabbed his bike helmet and just wham well, and while while we are there, that was a great scene. And, and quack quack, bitch! Uh, <laughs> what a wonderful line! I'm telling you, I have that on my short list for the best lines of the blacklist. That brings us to the next couple of characters that we have to analyze: Liz and Cooper. Yeah, it just it was interesting. I thought because we still haven't seen that conversation, and I'm wondering at this point if we're going to see it, but. Liz and Coop have not had that, you know, Liz, this is how I feel about this. You know, Cooper, I'm sorry that I asked you to speak at my wedding and suddenly you were speaking at my fake funeral conversation. And 
they're do you think it was caught i i'm wondering at this point if it might have been or if they just i mean because i know that there is so much that gets put on the cutting board because they just don't have time so much goes into these episodes and they have to make the hard decisions with that i had a stealth suspicion that it just have not happened i'm not sure that cooper is old enough experienced enough and knows red enough that he knows he doesn't need to have the conversation he knows why he she did it and and wrestler told them what she did it and i mean i think that that you know given the conversation with we see with him and red um i don't know i just thought it was interesting that And I don't know what the scenario is, because it could be either way, in which you've got two options here, that when Liz and Red faked their argument for, for the, you know, for the bugs to catch up on it and for Kirk to hear the argument, it could be that they didn't trust, they together, Liz and Red, did not trust Cooper or the rest of them enough to let them in on that. Or, I think or it could be that they had no way to tell them about that this is what they were doing wait, until wait, wait. They, they were certain of it. And I, I'm wait. hoping it's the latter, but it's very no, interesting. No, wait. Who did we see getting the invitations? We saw Wrestler, Samar, Aram. That's it. But Koopa showed up. I mean, he had Yes, to. but he didn't have an invitation. He also didn't realize that they had set it up together, though, because when he walked into the to the store or to the uh, bunker of sorts, he mm-hmm. when Liz walked out, he goes, "You set this up together? What about the fight you had in the post office?" And she said that was staged. Oh, and so, so she, he doesn't know. So that yeah. goes my theory. Okay, yeah, so, that's what happens when you haven't done proper rewatches. You know, but when you're when you're recording the night after the episode and the episode's on at nine and ten, you know. <laughs> Well, it it's, it it's also it's also it's also enough enough episode, and we're gonna need lots of rewatches to get everything in there. Um, so it, I I think that 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 may not need to be. I mean, or it may happen way forward in the future. Yeah, but I, I would be interested to know if Liz chose not to trust her team again and chose to to fool them instead of going to them and letting them know this is what's going on. Or if she simply didn't have the the chance to tell them until they were certain that the place was bugged and they didn't want to risk it. Well, I don't think they wanted to tell anybody while they had any electronics on it. And that's fair. And that I think that that's probably the case. That it's not so much that she chose not to trust them again. But following up on the heels of what, what she pulled with lying to them all and faking her death and everything, I would think that would sting a little you know, coming off of that. And it didn't you seem... You think? I think it was justified completely. Oh, I think, I I think it was justified, but I don't think don't... any of them felt, uh, felt uh, surprised. Because once you tell them, you know, you get national security compromise here, you get these people infiltrated, we're not safe. I that... think that that is, you know... Okay, that's I, fair. I, I didn't see any... any. I mean, I know that, you know, in, in theory it could be, but I didn't see any of it. I oh, saw I... them being super concerned about it. I, I didn't see it. it. It just, it was more in the abstract mm-hmm. wondering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Okay, so I mean, not a lot more happened on that end uh, with with Cooper and. So Liz, Liz and Kirk. Yeah, that was that scene on. Oh, she she played him the whole time, and then that scene on the roof. It just he, okay. Here's the question. It's the question we post to everybody on social media. So let's mm-hmm. go ahead and you and I go over it, and then we can go over their answers at the end. Okay. So, so for you, do you trust Liz's judgment right now with Kirk? When it comes to Kirk, do you trust Liz's judgment? Not entirely. Not entirely. I I think there is a very, very strong pool of Liz wanting to have answers and having conflicted feelings for, you know, this the father of hers. And at the same time is the daughter's well being. So she is put again in exactly the same situation as she was with Red. But while with Red, the, 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 the only thing at stake was, you know, her own well-being or whatever. This is the stakes are being raised tenfold with Agnes. So, but this is exactly what she was. She was with Red. I'm not sure if I should trust you. I don't know that her judgment is that firm because she's being talked by so many things. I mean, I noticed that she hasn't even addressed with Kirk, you tried to kill my husband. How could I trust you when you're going to try to kill my husband? And I ask you not to kill Red, and you're still going to go and kill Red. To be fair, Red's tried to kill her husband. She's tried to kill her husband. A lot of people have tried to kill Tom. <laughs> so, but but I'm... not since they've been reconciled. In to- and, and Red never tried to kill Tom. Red tried. Red sent him a little message. Kirk didn't want to send a message. He wanted ten, six foot under. I feel like when you send someone to, you know, Got them in their living room. Uh, that that's a strong message, but you know these are not people that are doing Hallmark cards exactly. It's <laughs> a strong message. I love it. <laughs> so that, that definitely that is that is something I, I would have a little trouble with, Liz. I also I think that we both tweeted something completely opposite at the same time. We you were thinking like I trust Liz. Uh, you know you're so positive. Okay. And I'm like, okay. Hang, I, on, hang, I, on, I, hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. I didn't say that I entirely trusted her. I feel like that's going out on a real, very rickety thin limb there. Judgment. Well, I'm, you know, she's turning into Katerina Rostova. She was so good with the deception. I couldn't tell what she was acting in when she wasn't. But I love her for it. And the funny thing is, I think I kind of could. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. But doesn't mean that I'm thinking now... This woman really have a capacity. I mean, I've always said when we we've always been in total agreement that Liz is a much darker character than a lot of people want it to be. But this pusher in the, you know, depth of of gray. Yeah, I mean, she she's proven time and time again she's willing to manipulate and use pretty much anyone to get what she wants, and the connection she seems to have to Kirk. And I, I'm not quite sure. This is where I'm, I'm kind of mm. lingering on that yep. swaying back and forth moment so here. Know. Is that I'm not sure if her connection to Kirk is purely for answers, or if it is 
her answers and emotional, but she doesn't want to admit that it's emotional, and so she just says it's for answers. The lady doth protest too much bit. Mm-hmm. Where where it is she has this emotional want and need for family. That, well, you know, for, for for parental family is what I mean. But she is also because Red had never and I was thinking about this uh earlier today. Once, you know, Liz, what part of Liz's desperation, if once Kirk dies, the answers are gone. My mother is dead. Sam is dead. And now Kirk will be put in a hole and I will never speak with him again. And and Liz, and Red, again, will be her only connection to the past. And I think, why is this? Once she was outed as Masha Rostova, there was Absolutely, so far as we know, any reason for Red not to take her to Dom. Dom, here is your grandpa kid. There you go. You have a grandfather, Liz. So I think that their answers still there, and whatever Liz remember is not total, is maybe not even correct, it may be manipulated memories. I have no idea what's going on. But there is a lot more to be said because think about it. Why hasn't he taken to to her to dumb. I agree. I definitely agree. And and part of this, I, I feel like this whole section of the podcast is going to kind of blur from Liz and Kirk, Liz and Red, and Red and Kirk. So it's just, <laughs> this section here. Um, yeah. But well, th- these characters are oh, very... Oh, they they're so intertwined right now. It, you can't get around it. But I, I, I was... I got into a conversation today uh, on Twitter that that basically I, I I wanted to do a write up. I just didn't have time with work and everything that happened today. But and, and I, I think I've done one to this degree. I just need to do it more in depth. Basically saying here is this young woman. She has a man come into her life who's not just any man. She, he is a you know criminal, a known criminal that she studied at Quantico. You know, that is how she knew him. He comes into her life and says, I have answers. Would you like answers? You've wanted answers your whole life. And she says, of course I want answers. Oh, that's great. I'm not going to give them to you. And so hmm. she's caught. he's caught her attention with, I want answers. Continues to string her along. Continues to string her along. Sam has answers. Sam wants to give her answers. Sam ends up dead. Continue along, continue along, continue along. Tom has answers. He nearly kills Tom. He tries to kill Tom after Liz shoots him, but Liz stops him. Becomes an issue, ongoing issue. You think with that, Pat- Tom, that Ray wanted really to kill Tom there? Oh, at the end of season one, absolutely. He would have put a bullet between his eyes. I don't think so. Oh, I do. Oh, I very much I do. I think that that was a test. For oh, Liz. I don't. I, I think if, that he... If Ray had wanted to kill him... He would have killed him without even asking. I think he, I think he wanted Liz to be okay with with him killing him. I think he wanted her to go okay, and for him to put a bullet in him. I think that's what he wanted right then. But regardless, Tom mm-hmm. had answers. Made it difficult for Tom to give answers. Every time someone pops up with answers, mm-hmm. Red either sidelines them cuts off their answers, cuts off their ability to research those answers, 
pays them off, kills them. Somehow he silences them. When Liz is sitting there and looking at this and he's going, yes, I have answers. No, I will not give them to you, nor will I tell you why I won't give them to you. And then a man like Kirk comes in and says, I have answers. I would like to freely give them to you because you're my daughter and I love you. Regardless of the situation, it's, if I were Liz, I'd go, well, this is, you know, <laughs> I'm at least going to listen to this guy. I would. We but... know we know that, that Liz also had some sort of emotional connection to her father because her, uh, in the diary, Katerina talks about, you know, running away with her. But how could he do how could she do that to her? Oh, absolutely. So we know that there is something going on in there that wasn't just like he was in a monster or anything. Although I do think that he did something bad, but I don't I don't think that he was a monster. I agree. And I think on some level, because there are moments in there with Kirk. Did you think, think that was... Kirk was surprised over her DNA results? Because that, that goes a long way towards explaining, well, did he plant them in there? Is Liz being realistic about this? Or... Is this all a plan by I, someone? I don't think he was surprised. I think he was surprised she found it where he where she did. I think it was kind of a well, that was unexpected but not unwelcomed, you know, sort of expression. I, I, I really was, focused was... on my rewatch with that, and it was an interesting look, but not one that said, "Well, that was a lie." And yay, I'm glad I, I, someone no, put I that think there. It was it was real. I I I I, I at this point. I'm not sure that, that that test is actually uh, fake. I don't know. I think Red thinks it. Well, I don't, I don't know. I have a lot of trouble with Red because of the way he speaks. I, I find myself questioning things that maybe I shouldn't question with him and not questioning things I should. And so Red's a very difficult character sometimes. Mm. Well, but I find, the show. I that that um, with the DNA results, my take is that Kirk had no idea that the SBR file on him had DNA tests, which I find extremely interesting. And I think uh, he may have as well. I think that may have been it, that it was found within the SVR files. And that was where that look came from. Well, of- the, the, the interesting thing about him is think about which circumstances which a file on the SVR will contain a DNA test linking a man with his known descendants. Why would that be of any interest? I mean, it, it boggles the mind. Then I start thinking about crazy dynastic theories because there's very few things in which who somebody's biological child makes any difference. An adopted child inherits just the same, is loved just the same. Um, There's only two issues, medical issues and dynastic issues, in which it makes any difference. There, And it may not have even been, I mean, I know it was Kirk's file, but it depends on if Kirk and Katarina had a joint file. I mean, it just, because we, we go back to... No, it's an SVR file, and an SV, the SVR didn't start until the KGB was dissolved and it, it, it oh. became three different it became three different organizations so it was more like before the KGB comprised what would be here the CIA, the FBI, the NSA it was everything was a KGB 
the only separate thing from the KGB was the the army intelligence, but other than that, it was the same. And the SVR and the and the um, FSB started after the dissolution of the Soviet Union in 1991. Okay, thank you. History lessons with Tessa. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, I've been reading about spies my entire life. I love it. I love it. Because Russian history is definitely, that's not something I know a great deal about. I'm a history nerd, but I'm very selective history yeah. nerd. And that's just one thing that hasn't, Yeah, I'm not, I'm I've not never really focused Russian, on. Russian, but I, I, I've read a lot of, of the Cold War uh, history. And I think you, you have to in the show. You start learning all these kind of fascinating things. So um, how about Kirk on the Ledge with Agnes? Oh, my gosh. I... I have to say that while I, I fluctuate between does Kirk really love her? Is he just after her bone marrow? I, I feel like there's a very complicated answer to that that includes all of the above. He did he did say that very openly, and I believed it entirely. If that would have been you know, the whole thing this was about, I would have taken that when, when he had her. Yeah, I, so, I, I tend to agree because that's the logical mm-hmm. way to go with it, but... The fact that he stood on the ledge with Agnes and was willing, I, and and I'm I'm basically kind of feeling red there. What what red said? This is this is madness, Constantine. That you're going to take that child away from her mother forever, and I feel like that put Red and Kirk in such mirrored spots because you saw there. You saw what Kirk was willing to do to emotionally manipulate Liz and what Red was not willing to do. And, like, I feel like Red will go pretty far when it comes to protecting Liz. But he's not going to threaten Agnes. He's just not. And even if Kirk never intended to harm Agnes, the man was standing on a ledge with a newborn. No, <laughs> you just don't do it. I Every inch of me was screaming at that moment. <laughs> there was that scene to me. It's it's a f- absolutely. I mean, that is right in there with kept me with answers that we actually were given. We just don't know that we were. Uh, there was that scene was like floating with balloons of answers all around us there is all these questions um it says you may lack the courage to do what must be done but i do not now that is a very interesting thing that kirk said because we don't know if he said that to liz or to red said it to liz it means one thing say it to red means another I am very intrigued by that scene. I think that the fact that that for Kirk, the idea that Red could have had his granddaughter is so repugnant that he was willing to kill her to prevent that. I think in the end for me, as it juxtaposed the two men, you know, because the big thing, and I know the people that dislike Daddy Gate are all in a tizzy about this but at this point you know it, it's very clear that that's what the show's going with the they're, they're mirroring these two men as potential fathers and as these fathers or figures it, it really doesn't matter 
but you've got a man that's willing to threaten her child and a man that's willing to save her child. And it, what was it Red said in this episode? Just because he married your mother does not make him your father. Just because he was your father, your mother's husband doesn't make you your father. There it is. And that, I think, right there was spelled out in this scene. Just because he was married to Katerina. Katerina is her mother. Katerina loved her. Her mother loved her. Her mother is her mother. Just because Alexander Kirk, whether he fathered her or not, just because he was married to her mother, he was willing to do this. Liz was never his to race. All of these comments in there, and I'm just looking at it and going, they, what did yeah. you do to her? Exactly. That makes Red... Right. It didn't matter at all. Even if I think my feel is that for Red, it doesn't even matter if he's the biological father or not. What she did, what he did made it irrelevant. I agree. I 100% agree. There is is also something in that scene between now that we're talking that scene between Liz, Kirk and Red, because that is a very, very powerful moment. There is a moment where Red lowers, orders everybody to lower their guns. And he says, Constantine, this must end. And that's not a man. I, I know that he was trying to save Agnes first and foremost. But there was something else in that, in that performance. That was a man who, this, this thing with him and Constantine, I've gone on for a long time. It has deep, deep roots. I don't think this even started with these two men. I think this goes far, far beyond them. I think it's greater than them. I I was taken because Red almost seemed exhausted, pleading. Well, that, that, he said that in uh, the second half of season three to Liz at one point. She said, aren't you tired? He said, I'm often exhausted. And I, I think it goes beyond just the cabal. It just his life. His life has exhausted him to a great degree. You really saw that between his conversation with him and Cooper. That mm-hmm. he just looked worn. That he yes. he has put everything into this. He has put all of his emotion I mean, in and we've talked about so many times that he's so good at, at separating his emotions. But he really has. He's sunk his emotions and everything he has within him into trying to protect Elizabeth. And he's just tired. Yes. He's, but there was more than tiredness. I I can't explain it, but I am not convinced 100%, very few things I'm convinced 100% in the blacklist, that Kirk and Red are related. That also may be why that DNA test may not be conclusive. But Red and Kirk... That relationship is not just, hey, you were sleeping with my wife. Maybe I even thought that you were the father of my child. That's way beyond that. These two men have a long history together. I also saw a very interesting thing in that in that scene, the use of the term old boy. That is a very British term used in public schools uh, for uh, men to refer to one another. Okay, now so I, have, that, I have a question for you. Um... I, because I'm American and, and English is my first language, I, I have a hard, I, I don't have a first person experience with this. 
But I do know that a lot of times when I speak to people, especially out of Europe, who learn English as a second language, mm-hmm. they learn it from, they usually learn British English versus American English. Yeah, I did English. learn a lot of British English, oh, so yes. So you have family in, in, in Europe, correct? Yes. That comes over from Europe. Um, and so when they do that, a lot of the phrasings tend to be British. And so I, when I hear Dom use nappies, when I hear mm-hmm. Kirk use old boy, I, that, that's what I'm wondering if it's just that or if it's something deeper. But old boy is not used in a, in a social situation. It is a very specific term to use between the graduates of, of those public schools, of the very posh schools. And uh, couple, I mean, I would tend to in the blacklist when I see something happening once, I, I noted, I leave it there. When I see a second occurrence of more or less the same thing, I start paying attention uh, because I don't believe that they do things. I mean, they are. This is so deeply plotted. It's it to me is crazy. But nappies and oh boy, now by two men both linked to Katerina are telling me something there's a link in here with Great Britain Which would and I am yeah I'm thinking that both I mean Red speaks Russian not just fluently Red speaks Russian that he could be going and be a master spy in the Soviet Union and basically not draw any attention to himself so my thinking is that both this man and this whole story comes from those first Russian emigres that, that came, those immigrants that came after the revolution in Russia. There were two waves. One came in 19, uh, 1917 as the, the revolution ended, and the second one around 1933 when they opened the borders for a lid and let all the people who were monarchic and, and who were pro-monarchy and, and not anti-communist and intellectuals and artists go out, like, get out of here. And I'm wondering if there is something going on in these two men have a history that goes far back, like maybe they're related, maybe they're from the same family, maybe they're cousins or half-brothers. Because I know that somebody asked them, are they brothers? And they said, no, no brothers. But, you know, this is a blacklist writers, so not brothers doesn't mean not half-brothers. There you go. <laughs> you, have to, you have to red speak to understand the blacklist writers. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So that was, that, I thought that that was a very interesting point in there. And definitely the fact that Kirk was willing to be on a ledge with Agnes is either two things. He's a man who doesn't care about Liz or Agnes, or he's a man, or there is a part of the story that we haven't heard, and something is deeply, deeply more wrong than we think. And I'm inclined to think it's the latter, personally. I think so. Okay, so I, I have in here in our notes um, Red's conversation with Cooper, which, oh. I okay, I, I will admit I have been so angry at Red. I have. I have been very angry with Red because <laughs> I, I love Kate. I do. I have a very special place in my heart for Kate Kaplan. I have a very special place in my heart for Dembe. I, we English nerds have to stick together. Uh, English lit degrees have to stick together, <laughs> even if they're fictional. It's okay, um, but 
I have been waiting for a long time. And I've talked about this on my blog, I've talked about this multiple places, that that there was going to come a point in which Red had to make a choice to start moving forward. He's really... Characters in the show have made leaps and bounds in their character growth, and Red has made very small adjustments overall. Mm-hmm. And it's not that he hasn't grown. I mean, he's had to adjust to different people because when other people around him are growing, he has to adjust to that to a, de- to a degree. But there has been a very steadiness about him in a way that, for me, as a person that thrives off character development, it's one of the most frustrating features of Red for me. It drives me absolutely mad. Do and... you think, do you really think that? What? That there has been very little, like, baby steps with Red? I feel like you're about to prove me wrong, and I'm going to feel like an no, idiot. No, 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 I'm not. <laughs> I, I, a lot of things may be right, but character development usually just, like, you give me, like, three rounds. Um, no, 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 I'm not. I'm not. I'm just surprised because I... I um, you know that I have a little weakness for red, and I think that that, uh, that whenever I analyze the blacklist, I always tend to think from red is acting from a place of 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 from a number of facts of which we have a very tiny um, number of them, and then. I can't really judge that, but yes, I, I guess that if you you would have yes, I would agree, tend to agree that he has grown the least. Yet, I I point one thing to you. Uh, one of my little, uh, my few ones are: Do you remember in the Kings of the Road when he is taken? And there is Red. He's a master criminal. He has survived for thirty years on the run survived numerous assassination attempts. He's always 10 steps ahead of everyone. And he's taking by a band of hillbillies, taking, you know, with nothing more than a gun. And he does that because for the first time in probably 25 years, he's relaxed, he's happy, and he's enjoying his telling conversations. And even though this is, life is in danger and all that he's having family time and he's so happy and he's so out of his redness oh my gosh you just made a parallel that broke my brain a little bit because <laughs> that's, that's what i've always assumed happened was zamani in the pilot because i i've had early on i had so many issues with the fact that zamani would be able to overpower tom who is, has shown himself to be a complete and total badass as time has gone on. And so the only way I've been able to reconcile that in my mind has been to, to make the assumption that Tom was just so comfortable in his life with Liz that he basically just let it slide. And then this guy came in, took him by surprise, and that was it. He was comfortable. He was happy. He was complacent. Yes, and that's what I think happened so. with Brett. Oh, my gosh. You just broke my brain, Tessa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like he was so happy. I mean, you see him when he's telling the story of of uh, I think it was Ian and the and the um, and and the beekeeper and the wife and the the wife and the beekeeper they fell in bed with, 
and he's like all happy and you know he's like he's happy he's going to exonerate her and they're having a great time and and she's no longer angry with him and she didn't even has stopped asking so many questions that he cannot answer and he's taking so yes i mean i think that that we want to see, you know, like you want to see a, a development in red towards, oh, he's getting more understanding. Uh, you want to make an arc for red that red is getting, is over, overcoming what you think are red shorts common. My, my point of view is we know such a tiny little portion of red stories why he's doing what he's doing and why are he's not saying what we think he should be saying that we tend to jump to the conclusion that he hasn't had any character development because it's not going in the direction we think it should go you know i feel and like I, I was trying to give him a compliment and now i feel like i've done his character no justice <laughs> <laughs> I don't I feel so. about ten inches small right now. <laughs> oh no, no 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 that was not my thing. I think that, that there is there is a tendency to want to make him um grow in the same let's say in the same direction that we take like red like Tom. Tom learned from his mistakes with Liz and he got there and, and he started being honest and he started sewing because that is his arc, he's going in that direction. But we we tend to know a lot about about Tom. We know. I mean, remember what what Spader said. The thing that attracted him the most about Red Reddington was that you spend an hour with him, and you even know less at the end of the hour than you knew at the beginning. No, I, I think you just hit the nail on the head on why uh, a large portion on why, and uh, also why I was hesitant to say it as well. <laughs> Because I, I am aware that I come at the blacklist. Tom Keene is my favorite. I make no qualms mm -hmm. about that. He is my favorite. He's the one that I understand the deepest. I have spent mm -hmm. the most time you in do. his head. I enjoy him. I, I don't always agree with what he does, but I do understand most every step he takes, I could tell you why he took it. And mm -hmm. Red, you do. Red is not that character for me as much as I love him. And I do love Red. But because of that, I do come from things in a very Tom Keen fashion. And I think you mm -hmm. just hit the nail on the head on the, the character development for me on, on why I feel like he's lagged on that. And that's fascinating. I just have, you've just caused me to readjust my view on Red. And I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm not sure it's such a good thing, though. Well, what what I was trying to say, the compliment I was trying to give Red at the beginning of all of this. I feel the like the conversation I, between Red, uh, Red, Red, Red and Red, Cooper. Yes, I feel like I have been waiting for Red to realize the way that Red reacts to Liz. A lot of times, to me, feels like a father that is not quite come to grips with the reality his daughter is an adult, and. I don't it's, think you're wrong there. It's bothered me for a long time. Mm -hmm. But because of that, I've wanted to see Red make that step and go. And for Red, he's missed a lot of her life. He was at a distance. And so it makes sense that that's his reaction to her. That, you know, that this is someone I care deeply for, that I look at as a, you know, as a child. And so... 
because he missed all of those years of her growth and probably saw it in photos that Sam sent and stories and that sort, it's it's kind of like Liz watching Agnes on the the quote unquote baby monitor. It's really mm-hmm. disconnected. Mm-hmm. And yes. and because of that it's hard for him to equate her with an That's adult a good parallel. <laughs> with an adult that can can make her own decisions on things. And so he's been yeah. trying to make decisions for her. And that conversation with Cooper where he's sitting there, he goes, all I see is resentment in her eyes, and I'm smothering her. And I just, I remember sitting there on my couch watching this and going, thank you. (laughs) Because I've been watching him smother her for the last three seasons. Because he, it feels like a marionette that he brings people into her life, he takes them away, Mm -hmm. he manipulates them. And you know what I thought in that scene? I thought about what Kate said. When when you get when you get her back, you have to let her go. Exactly, and I think that I think with Kate haunting him like she is, even though she's not dead, um, I, I think that her last words are probably haunting him as well. And he's, I am just so proud of him right now. As angry as I've been, I I was joking with a friend today. I said, you know, you love a character when you will look for anything to bring that love back when you're angry at them. And I've been so upset lately with the black, not not with the blacklist as in a negative thing towards the writers or the actors or anything. They've, they've been beautiful with it. But as a fan, I've been frustrated and I, I want to like Red. I've always wanted to like Red because he's just the, that kind of character that I tend, mm. tend to be drawn to. I, I think that a lot of the people, you know, if I may intercept this, a lot of the people who get upset with Red, um, my personal advice to them would be, I, we tend to think of Red in Red's world is what Red presents us. So that, you know, he loves Liz. Yes, he does. That's not the only person he loves. He said that he has vulnerabilities. I, and Liz says me. Red tells her, among others, Liz never listens to this because she has this narcissistic thing that is typical of children who have gone through a, a lot of trauma in their early life. But to me, I always remember that Red has reasons to behave the way he's doing it and and i have a feeling that those reasons have to do with those other vulnerabilities we tend to a lot of people dismiss carla and jennifer as well we haven't seen them they're not important no that doesn't mean anything in the blacklist we may have seen a lot of things that we just were presented they were there you saw them right okay now we're just going to take them away that does not mean they're in, they're unimportant. Season one, some men in some funny masks ended up getting red mm-hmm. a set of plates that he used in season three. Yeah. Just because it's not mentioned doesn't mean it won't come back around. Exactly. Because, and yeah. and I think that that's exactly the same thing. They gave us, in season two, to me the most momentous thing about season two is we've been thinking for the entire season one, you know, red is looking at ballerina girl, Red is looking at, at uh, home movies of Bubble Girl. Red is looking, remembering Bubble Girl in the house that he blows to forget all these awful things that happened there. And we're thinking, oh my God, Red's family is all dead. So maybe he transferred all that emotion onto Liz. 
And then we find out that, no, Red's wife is very much alive. And so is Jennifer, who, of course, Carla is not going to say your daughter. He's going to say my daughter. Because that leaves us with the question, is she Red's daughter? Or is Carla just being a smartass? And, and pushing, you know, you, you weren't here, so it's, she's not your daughter. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that people tend to forget that when they look at Red, and I think that's fundamental to look at Red and Liz, that Liz is not his only love, not the only person he's caring for, not his only vulnerability. I agree. And I think that it, that if you look into those moments, you realize there is a lot more to this man, and there is something. Why doesn't he taking her to Dom? Why doesn't he give them answers? At this point, she's already been known to be Masha Rostova. What is left? So there is something left. And, we just don't know what it is. And personally, when, when I'm looking at situations when, like, like the last several episodes when I've been so frustrated with him, that's what gives me hope, that the writers have a plan, they, they have a direction they're going, and I just don't know it yet. And so that's what gives me hope that that's not what that that's why I was not as soon as he shot Kaplan going, I will never forgive Red. My statement was, I am not sure how I will forgive him. I am incredibly <laughs> angry at him, but I hope that the writers mm. fix this somehow. And I, I still believe that there's going to come a point in which things are revealed in which Red had a legitimate I it'll I have a feeling it'll be very mm. much like some of Tom's crazier runs in which I go, I get it. This could have been so much easier if, but you're human and you were handling it the best way you knew how. And and then suddenly mm-hmm. I will forgive mm-hmm. Red. Um, yeah. But well, right it's, now it's the, also... the fact that he is the fact that he's acknowledging and I can I just say real fast in the in the spirit of parallels the fact that we started out the pilot with him. You know, joking about, you know, oh, Harold Cooper must be here. I smell hubris. Mm-hmm. From there to the end of season three with with acknowledging what a great leader he was to this conversation. I'm just going, this growth here between these two men is a beautiful. Okay, there we go. There's a piece of growth with Red and his, his relationship with Harold Cooper and his respect for him. It is just phenomenal. Well- See, I too. think I you see the growth there. I see that that has always been there. And for some reason, Red did something that got Cooper angry or, or Cooper did something stupid that Red saved him and was hanging over his head. Because I think that Cooper knew from the very first moment who this was and that Red was going to surrender. There's a little sticky note. Uh, I have a few posts about there, probably, you know, back from when I started Tumblr, uh, about why are there things in that file of red that were ordered on June 27, way before he surrendered, and and that Cooper knew when when he says that about I wouldn't I would only talk to Elizabeth King. Cooper gives a side glance to Russell, who says, "Who's who the hell is Elizabeth King?" And I knew it that Cooper knew everything that there was to be known about King, about Elizabeth. Well, and, they were and, both in the intelligence community, so it's yeah. not outside the the realm of possibility. No. Well, also when Cooper, when Rent says to Cooper, "Give my regards to Charlene," and he talks about how old are the girls and the whole thing. That means that they knew one another. They knew it 
far more than they want to ever anybody Red, know. Brett uh, also tends to know the people he's dealing with. He knows everything about these, their families. I'm trying to remember the exact episode. Mm-hmm. It was in season two because he was dealing with Samuel Aleko. It was when he was being transferred. Oh, and, and Brett spoke the, to the gentleman that was handling the transfer. And he... Yes. He... I don't remember it offhand because I haven't rewatched it recently. Edgar and and Lucinda in the coffee cake. Yes, there you go. I swear your mind is a steel trap. (laughs) Um, And it releases what it needs to. But yes, exactly. Lucinda in the the coffee cake. But he always tends to know. And, And he makes a comment to fake Berlin at the end of season one. He's like, I remember names. I know who such and such wife was with this and that. And and that's just red. He just knows people. He, he has all of the details. Mm-hmm. That's why in season one, when Tom is, you know, standing, squatting over Jesse with the spider tattoo, and he goes, Red doesn't even know your name. I'm sitting there going, Yeah, he does. <laughs> you may be telling him that, but you and I both know Red knows his name. And same with uh, Luther Braxton in season two. When Red pops off that he yeah. doesn't even remember Heckle or, or oh, something like that. He's just taking away every little victory that, that, yeah, exactly. that uh, Braxton had over, over Red, him. Red knows. Red remembers. Red has a mind like yours. It's a steel trap. <laughs> he does not <laughs> Boy, have a I... mind like mine that goes, oh, look, it's a cloud. Let's let it float off. <laughs> I have I have a, a a scary memory. I I do I do uh, say that yeah. So that takes us from that fascinating conversation between uh, Red and and uh, Cooper to that very interesting. Um, uh, why did she choose to trust Red? Do you think it because it was just Agnes or? Something in her is saying this man has acted in a way or she's truly angry with him. I think it's all of the above. I think she is truly angry at Red. I think she is. I I think that is a piece of Mm -hmm. it. Um, I think that he has withheld information from her and she's frustrated with that. And I don't blame her for it because as the viewers, you and I and, and every other viewer have the perspective of red holds his cards close to the chest and while liz knows that she like i said earlier she's still a woman that had this man drop into her life since he Mm -hmm. has it's upturned everything she's known he's either killed paid off or manipulated people into silence or, or cut off their ability to, to chase down leads. Because, I mean, Tom tries to, but Red tends to cut those off as soon as he can. If it's a lead, he doesn't want him following. And and so I, I understand why Liz distrusts him on that. But I also do think that Liz probably understands that while Red is dangerous on that level... He does care about Agnes, and she made the right call. In my opinion, she made the right call trusting him. And in hindsight, is twenty twenty. There is no way to have known that beforehand, unless you're in the writers' team and you know that what's going on. But she made the right call because when push came to shove, Alexander Kirk, Kirk stood on a ledge with her daughter, 
and Raymond Reddington yes. had everybody lower the guns. She made the right call. She found the man that would do everything within his power to protect Agnes, even at his own expense. Red took a bullet yeah. for Agnes last night, or in yeah. Thursday's episode. Red took a bullet. It obviously didn't hurt him very much because we didn't even, you know, get the no. same scenario with him, you know, patching himself up that we did in season one. But it clipped him because he he ducked down with it. Yeah. Definitely. So, I, I, I also think that Kirk is not a monster. There is something in that story. And I think that although Kirk is also a manipulator, I think that Kirk was a spy. Uh, it must have been pretty well connected. Uh, I think that that there is part of this story in which, which both men don't have the entire truth. And that's and probably true. Manipulated. But I in I don't think that Kirk would Yet, have jumped. The I don't one think standing on the ledge was Kirk. He was so the better man, not Kirk. And so that's in hindsight, which we can look at now that the episode is passed. In hindsight, she made the right call trusting him, and I don't know if that was a gut feeling there or the entire episode. And and I think we'll get into this a little further when we get down to Tom and Liz. But the entire episode, she was bouncing stuff off Tom. She did not make a move mm. without having somebody that she trusted to bounce her ideas off of, which kudos to Liz, because usually she just, uh, the joke on Tumblr is, is Liz don't do the thing. Liz is going to do the thing no matter if everybody, you know, everybody and their dog tells her not to. She's going to do the thing. Mm -hmm. And she at least. I think is a, is a, is a, is a trait that she'd had since she was a child. Oh, I agree. I, Liz, you're going to do what you're going to do and nobody's going to stop you. You know, it's, and. The things that you got to discover for yourself. Finally, finally, she's taking a moment and she's going, I don't know what the right decision is. Let me seek advice from somebody I care about, that cares about me, that cares about my daughter. And that knows well, it's the also the partnering. She's she's actually she's she's gone because Liz tends to do whatever Liz wants to do. And this is the first time that I have actually seen Liz saying, wait a minute, Tom, what do you think? Acknowledging Tom's right to to uh, to help her with that decision. It's uh, it's a huge step for her. It is. It's a, like I said, character development is my bread and butter. And I love, love what what the writers and what Megan have done with Liz. Because mm -hmm. I, I listened to an interview on Blacklist Exposed over uh, over the hiatus. Towards the oh, end of the tremendous, hiatus. Inter tremendous interview. If any Megan. listeners have not listened to it, do. Absolutely. Go to their site. Listen to the Megan interview. It is beautiful. Those, oh, it's, I, I listened to it on a road trip a few weeks ago. And it was just amazing. And, um, but, but she talked about that she got, that, that now that she's cemented into the, you know, into her role there as Liz, that she's got a lot of leeway in what happens with Liz. And so as much as I give the writers credit, I want to give Megan credit because she's done beautiful things with Elizabeth Keene. And I, I have been, I will admit, I have been frustrated with Liz over the three seasons prior at various mm -hmm. points. But every once in a while, someone does a little bit of a reality check on me, and I have to kind of bring myself around to remember, this woman has been through a lot. 
Yeah, I I haven't never been a I always been a very strong supporter of of Megan Boone and and her job on Liz. I think that people tend to I think that that what we will find at the end, and this is a prediction, so it's a crazy theory, is that uh, Liz has been keeping secrets of her own, and you know from us, from the audience, from from Red, um, I'm not sure about with Tom now, but certainly from us. Well, so I I'm do. not I'm not concerned with with uh, you know I think that she's done a phenomenal job with it. I've always thought she had. Oh no, I agree. I think Megan has always done well with Liz. It's it's the it's a Liz character. Yeah, that, exactly. That. And and as I step back, I realize that was a me issue and not a Liz issue, <laughs> if that makes sense. And I think a lot mm -hmm. of times that happens in fandom because you get so deep into it and you. You have to remind yourself to take a step back, look at the whole picture, not just the characters you love individually, but look at the whole picture, look what they're going through. Just like you said earlier with Red, when you, you when you were talking about everything. It's, it's kind of, and that's one reason I love the idea of crossing ship lines, crossing, you know, because you get such a different perspective on every character and it, it really helps you bring a more rounded view to the show on whole. I feel like it, it gives a deeper view to the show on whole. When you talk to people on all sides of the fandom, shippers and non-shippers and theorists and, and everything in between. And uh, how about Red and Tom? Oh, I, I was so excited for that because it, it felt like such a huge, huge step. And I, I feel like any time those two don't pull a gun on each other is a huge step. Um, <laughs> and... I, it was civility. It was, and it really felt like Dom and Red. I had a lot mm -hmm. of Dom and Red vibes there of, you are my begrudged son-in-law that I really don't like. My daughter is too good for you, but I'm going to put up with you because she loves you. You know, sort of attitude. And it was just, good night, Elizabeth, Tom. And it was, you know, a season ago, he wouldn't have even acknowledged Tom was in the room. No. And and yet and he really didn't when he walked in. He went straight to Agnes. He talked with Liz. Tom took a step back. He let Liz talk to Red about it, which is also I would also like to acknowledge that's big on Tom's part not to pop off at Red and be sarcastic and because one of his his traits that he has to to try to handle him to hide behind his walls is his sarcasm in which when he mm -hmm. feels like he's being threatened by someone he gets really snarky when he feels like someone might have an upper hand on him he gets very snarky and that's one reason he reacts the way he does to red i believe and he doesn't he, he's really curbed that recently we've seen it a lot in season four so far in which red even when red pops off tom kind of gets this look like i'm about to respond to you but i'm gonna bite my tongue and just let it pass then he's actually and that's it's becoming an adult i mean <laughs> at 31 years old tom is finally becoming an adult we're so proud of him <laughs> Well, yeah, you know that you and I, although we both love Tom, we come we come from very different uh, perspective at Tom. It will be fascinating when we get to the hiatus and we start really picking apart um, 
the earlier, more more controversial scenes. Because I think we're going to find that between your view and my view, there is there is there is you know a lot of of things to 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 uh, uh, merge into one view of of a character. I think it's going to be fascinating. I think that Tom um, certainly has grown, but I also think that Tom was looking at things from a different perspective and and sometimes the things he did make sense from that perspective i I think that i I think he's he's finally come to the conclusion that red is not a a direct threat to liz and i think a lot of the stuff that you know back in season one and two his animosity towards red was because he genuinely worried that that Red was a physical and direct threat to Liz because he didn't know any better. And did you did you notice something else in there? Now that I just look at that, and you just said that, not only that he's not a direct threat to to Liz, I think that Tom acknowledges that he is actually a help for Agnes. Oh, well, I mean, of course he did because he he acknowledged that in season three when he allowed this man near his daughter. Tom is not and the, is, Tom is not the yeah. type to let anybody that would even possibly have a threat towards Agnes anywhere near her. No, he would have to be 110% convinced that Red had no ill will towards Agnes to let him anywhere near her. Otherwise, he would have fought tooth and nail. I think that that also it speaks of of Tom realizing that he cannot push away the pushing away red is not the best thing for Agnes. No. And, and there I think is it goes no back talk to this time about oh you can't see her we're going to move away you can't see her there is nothing we're just going to find a place of our own. Yeah. There is no threads there is no you cannot be you know you cannot see her. It's yeah it's it's we're going to be adults with our child and we are going to be a family there was no saying exactly what you just said there was no saying you can't come to our place and see the kid you can't come to our place and have dinner with us it, that <laughs> that's going to be such a lovely scene the first time that the the Keens are in their new place oh, and Red yeah, just yeah, shows yeah. up for dinner and Tom's going well I guess we're cooking for one more <laughs> Well, he always cooks a ton. Uh, yeah. So there. Well, I've, I've got a mental image that it's because he grew up with nothing. And so he has no idea. When, when he finally taught himself how to cook, he has no idea how to, how to proportion. <laughs> but uh, uh, anyway, anyway. Um, it, it was absolutely lovely between the Keens. It was, there was, it was, this is not a very Keen-centric episode. We, we basically had a lot of Liz and a lot of Red. But the little touches between Tom and Liz, the checking on each other, um, the fact that Tom knew exactly where where the uh, the safe house was, also speaks of a level of trust between Tom and Red. And I think that they have begrudgingly understood that this is the way it is. Yes. You, you, by safe house, you mean the, the uh, bunker that they were in? The, uh... yeah, the bunker. Yeah. yeah. And, and that he was allowed function. in. And that he yeah, was allowed he in. Bunker. Because it, he couldn't bring the, the burner. Because if he bring the burner, he was basically telling them where they were. So he brings it in a piece of paper that he wrote it. Mm. So I thought that that was... It was interesting because we have seen Red first trusting Tom from a professional point of view. When I need something done and there is no margin of error, I will call Tom Keen. 
now we're seeing a different kind. And I, I kept saying it when, when Tom did his, his attempt of rescue, Liz, of rescue Agnes, and, and Red commented on, on the feed being a cruelty done to Liz. I, I remember saying uh, in the podcast that I thought that actually Red agreed with, with, with Tom. And I'm seeing that again. It's like this Tom, Red's relationship with Tom is like, okay, you did what I would have done. Yeah, I think once again we see that. So there is growth. There is yeah. there is personal growth for Red. There you go. Yay! Another... Yay! Character growth for Red. <laughs> and for Tom. And for Tom. Yes, yes. Let let's make the boys grow into adults. Let's do it. <laughs> I tell um... you, you know my crazy theories about it, and you, you know, I think that we're going to see a lot more of, of things going on in there. Uh, should we go into parallels? Uh, real fast, actually. Yeah. You, you had mentioned the, the small gestures and the touches between the Keens. And I, as the resident shipper of this podcast, <laughs> I need to, to steal a couple minutes. Mm. Um, because okay. I... <laughs> sorry. sorry. Happy. <laughs> So I, anybody that follows my Tumblr knows that I am a huge fan of small gestures and just tiny, tiny little things. I, I'm very odd about picking out tiny little things and attaching myself to them. And one of the things is the hand-holding that I love between the Keens. But something that, that I saw in this episode, Tom comes into the bunker, for lack of a better phrase. That's apparently what I've decided it's called is a bunker. Um, That's but he comes in with the note about about Kirk, and he and Liz are talking outside the chain link fence. And while she's talking to him, she has a hold of his jacket, the top, the the lapels mm-hmm. of his jacket, and she's holding on and moving. And she's talking with her hands, but she has this grip on him. And in season one. It was Anslow Garrick when she first got back, and I think she does this at other points, but that's the one that always sticks out in my head. She grabs his chin like that and talks, like, it's just these little gestures, these little touches that she is, whenever they are on the same page, obviously there was a large chunk of time in there that they were not Mm -hmm. on the same page, that they were not okay. But whenever they are together and they are more or less okay, she seeks these physical touches to reassure herself and it's I feel like while Tom was not while he didn't get a lot of screen time in this episode he was exactly where he needed to be this man is her husband he is her emotional support when she needs it he's his her physical support and that moment, those little touches that we saw there, there's been a lot of talk recently about how they're going to handle redemption. And this is uh, Friday the 28th that we're recording this. And, and an article came out interviewing Ryan. It was, I can't recall the, the interview source, but it's been floating around the, uh, the, t- the uh, Tumblr and Twitter and I'm sure everywhere else. It was an interview with Ryan talking about redemption and everything in which he basically said the Keens are fine that they're moving in into redemption and they're that he doesn't foresee a breakup between them that there's no reason for it and 
I've been saying free while It now. is from uh, Hollywood.com. Is that where it's from? No, there is, that's a magazine, the full cast and credits. It is from uh, moviephone.com. That's it. That's the one. Um, but but he, uh, one, one of the last questions, I don't have it in front of me, but it was, he, he talked about it, that that they were okay, that they were moving forward, that the Keens are moving forward. And while as a viewer... I have been seeing all the signs. I also acknowledge that I am a shipper, and therefore my viewpoint is, no matter how unbiased I try to be in my viewpoint, it's always going to be biased by the fact that I am a shipper. Mm-hmm. And, and I acknowledge that, and hopefully that helps even it out a little bit. Um, but they have continuously again and again and again... And maybe I'm a shipper for it because I've been reading it right. That's what I, that, that's every shipper's hope, <laughs> is that they ship it because they're reading the clues correctly. And I just think it's canon. It, See, it I'm is. not a shipper. It is I, canon. I even, like, I don't even understand the shipping thing. Because well, to me, it's canon. If they give it to me, it's fine. Shipping, that's, I'll shipping take it. basically, in, in you, you've questioned me before on is it mm-hmm. shipping if it's canon? And I say yes, it still is, because even if they were to break up in the time that they were not together, I still shipped them. I still wanted them back together. That's where I wanted it to go. And so oh, that's see, I had no, I had no doubt in my mind from the moment that I saw them that they were going to be together. <laughs> well, then you may subconsciously be a shipper then, and you may just not admit it. <laughs> Oh, no, I saw the clues. I saw the clues. I, I know exactly. No, I mean, they were there. Um, you know, all, every time that she said, oh, you know, but I couldn't handle this. I feel like I'm drowning. And I noticed that there is all this water imagery going around. And Tom doesn't swim. And he was gone missing then in a beach. I know where they're going. Well, the thing is, I, I think every, and I, I come from this because I have other shows and movies and books and such that I ship non-canon characters. And so I understand that there is, every shipper will come at it from a hope, at least. Unless you were just mm-hmm. well aware that you're shipping a non-canon ship and you're cool with that. You know, but most shippers come from it from a, an idea that we at least hope that what we're reading is correct. Every Keenler shipper out there hopes that they have seen clues that say Keenler is in game. Every Lissington shipper hopes that they have seen clues that says Lissington is in game. As a Keen Squared shipper, I believe and I hope that everything I have seen, all the parallels that you just mentioned, all the things, and, and my big thing right now, and the reason that I wanted to touch on the small, the small motions, the small touches, is that it's been a continual build tours as we're looking at redemption as redemption is two episodes away at this point they have had multiple places that it would have made sense to break them if they were going to break them and yet they have chosen to continuously make them stronger build them up no build them because up, it you. is see that is when you see that's why when you're canon the show look up to the uh, look to the uh, to the theorist to, to see where you're going and I tell you as a theorist you're in the right direction because again I'm not looking at it from a shipper I mean if they had at one point giving me that it, and it made perfect sense oh no she's with wrestler or there was something else or a ram or whatever or, or red was not her father or 
father figure. I would have taken whatever because I'm not looking at that from a romantic perspective. But from the point of view of the clues, that was that was always in the works because they embody every single theme of the show. I agree. So I tend to agree. They were there. And, and not only that, who's the first character who uh, who's, uh, has a shield? And who flashes a shield? <laughs> yeah. Tom Keen. There's yeah. symbology there. The, the blacklist is so thick with symbology that every time that I've done a rewatch, I go back and I find symbols. I even recent. I mean, just recently with with uh, the Kaplan and the and the and the Liz looking in the, the mirror in the in that house in the Summer Palace that I started thinking they got to be something with mirrors. I'm seeing too many here, so I started looking, and sure enough, I'm sure that when I do a next rewatch, there's going to be tons of them. Remember, Elise looked into a mirror in this last episode. That's something that was uh, very interesting. I didn't oh, think about your mirror idea, but. I did notice it was a very in- – because the Blacklist does some very odd camera angles. And mm-hmm. w- when I was re-watching today, I thought maybe it was just to get – because, I mean, the, the human brain is very – has a very short attention span for the most part for most people today. And so they that's one of the reasons I believe that they, they – from what I understand, it's one of the reasons they shift camera angles so much. If you look back – what was it? maybe the 70s they started shifting into shifting scene like shifting the angles so much mm-hmm. but before that you see a lot of uh more just straight on Steady shots yeah. you know in in camera angles and such i'm sure someone with a you know mm-hmm. background in in film and media and such would have a lot better <laughs> way of explaining this than my bumbling motions here but but regardless, um, you know, and, and I thought when I saw the shift to the, the mirror, I thought maybe that was just a shift to the camera angle. But now that you mentioned that, it may have something to do mm-hmm. with the fact that she was not who she seems. No. And again, what was what was Aram wearing when he gets to the <laughs> post office? Lad shirt. Yay. <laughs> All right. So moving into the parallels. After I've had my lovely, thank you for indulging my shipping moment, Tessa. I appreciate you. I do. <laughs> oh, come on. I love them. Um, As I'm oh. over here gushing over it, I just, and I've been doing it all day. It's like, I swear, with Tom Keen fans, you give us a whole episode of Tom Keen. We're like, yeah, look at these cool moments. You give us five minutes of a full episode with only five minutes of Tom, we're like, Look at these amazing moments. You don't even understand. Look at the depth of them. Look at those little tiny touches. And we will we will analyze every minuscule motion. And yeah. we're absurd. It's we've we've had two and a half seasons to learn how to do this, folks. We're used to it. We're a very patient crowd over here. The the parallels going into parallels. I gotta say, I I, I will probably get back to this episode in about a week when I have watched it like five times because I have to any episode written by Mr. Enough I gotta write I gotta watch one time to get what is going on that was the first watch the second time to really start getting into wow there is things in here that I need to watch that's just my I need to take it pay attention to this this and this watch then I watch again 
to make sure that I get all the dialogue because there's very precise. And then I start looking at the symbols and I'm like a week away from looking at symbols here. So the themes and all that, I, somebody was saying that there was a piano, like a piano. I haven't even looked at a piano. All I did was look at the acting in there. But there is parallel still to be had. Listen, Katerina. Yeah, and we touched on that briefly earlier. That, She's that becoming her, Katerina. Yeah, and, and I agree. And I, I think everything from the pilot forward has geared her up for that. And personally, I'm hoping, and I don't know if this is a prediction or a hope. I think it's some sort of odd combination thereof. I think 4B will show us Katarina. I think Katarina's coming in. And I think once Kirk is done, once Kirk is, is handled, I think, and this, this kind of sets in as well with our second parallel I have mentioned there. So kind of combine these two within this. But I think that as Liz is paralleled very obviously with Katarina which is search of her mother, mm -hmm. obviously, getting to know her mother. I think that especially if 4B and redemption run to run parallel to each other versus being a, a, a bridging Stag sort of thing, yeah. um, I think we'll see Katarina in 4B while, while Tom is getting mm. to know Scotty. I think we will see Liz and her mother and Tom and his mother. Um, well, <laughs> yeah, that could be, it could be, I, I think it might be, that might be season five. Um, it, we're certainly going to start seeing the themes start to come back in there because remember that, that I, I always say the blacklist has all these magic references because it is a magic trick. Look at what they've done. Season one. Fred's family is dead, is dead, oh my god, they're dead, and they're talking about my father, my father, my father. The hat comes off, there is a rabbit that, nope, Fred's family is alive. And no, look, we're going to talk about your mother now. And is again, father, 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 mother. And so the, every time that they, they put your attention in the father, is a mother that comes up. And every time they look at the father, is a mother that comes up. So you're getting this 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 sleight of hand that you think you're looking at something and you're looking at something entirely different. And, and I agree. Like, I, I, I would have loved if it had run parallel, but now that you say that, the build of Katarina, maybe not the reveal, but the build mm -hmm. of Katarina the build running of Katarina, in 4B. I agree. Yeah, we're, we're going to start seeing that come up, like, steadily in, in little things. And we started when Tom said, uh, I think we're looking at Katarina Rostova. And it was it was his mother. So you knew right there that you were seeing the same kind of slate of hand. Oh, this is Katerina Rostova. This is Katerina. No, it's not. It's your mom. <laughs> Sorry, Tom. It, not not your mother-in-law. It's your mom. <laughs> it's your mom. Exactly. And I think that 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 this is going to be a very very interesting story at, at the beginning and and simple and very twisted at the same time. Um, but I, I was so. Totally taken because I could not tell when Liz was being truthful or not. I couldn't tell anything. See, I really could. I uh, the only the only one that got me in this last episode was I was not aware that she. I, I was not expecting Red to show up, which was like I, I wasn't expecting her to have told Red and for him to show up. I knew he was showing up mm. because of the previews. 
but to trust him. Um, the, the comment I made to the roomie was, I hope she has backup. Please tell me Tom's around the corner there. Like, please tell me she didn't go alone. And then Red yeah. came around Red came around the corner and went, or Red. Red's fine, too. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was very interesting that Tom did not insist on being there or whatever. Tom led that plane. I, and, uh, and that, I was and that showed too. And that, I, I think that from a writing perspective, it would have been too many strong personalities on the board right there. Honestly, if Tom had been there, he would have freaked out when Kirk stepped on the up on that ledge with his daughter. But it, it showed it showed an incredible. From the from the perspective of the of the characters, is shown that Tom is trusting both Liv and Red. Yes, yes, he he trusts not only when Red came up and said thank you for trusting in the plan. It wasn't just Liz that trusted it; it was Tom as well. It was the Keens as a team trusted the plan yeah. because Tom held back. And so where he was, I, I had no I, idea, but. I, I kind of feel bad because he was relegated back to season one of, like, worrying in a corner. <laughs> well, yes and no. I, I think that, that that he wasn't, this story doesn't concern him so much. It concerns Red and Liz. So they had to go and fix the mess. He would have made it worse because Kirk is hell-bent on killing him. Um, th there's parallels on, on Tom and Liz here for, for redemption. Yes, I agree. I, I definitely agree. Because, I mean, you've They're just both got the family, the, the search for the family. And I've always gotten the impression that Liz is very much more of an individual that is focused on her past than Tom is. Because I, I think I mentioned last week that Tom seems yes. to me as one of those people that he'll take a bad situation and replace it with something better. Which, it kind of makes me wonder with this uh, th this going to the beach thing. That because he obviously doesn't remember being taken as Christopher Hargrave, and so that's something that not whether that by... we have known, but that doesn't mean that he doesn't remember anything. Well, I mean, he doesn't remember his mother. He doesn't recognize it. So I mean, you get the impression mm. he doesn't remember anything, and so I wonder if he. I mean, he may have clips of memories from all of that, but he was on a beach when he was taken. He was a small child. He was abducted. He wants to go back to a beach. And so he wants to go back to a beach and make better memories. I, I really think Tom is one of those people that just, and, and that's, I'm not calling that a healthy direction of what to do with your life, but I, I think that's what he does is that he, mm -hmm. instead of facing bad situations head on, he prefers to replace those with better memories you know his wife held him so hostage. It's a survival yeah and i think that's what he's had to do to survive but his wife holds him on a boat for four months hostage after shooting him and what does he do he goes and buys a boat and guess where he makes his reconciliation with his wife on a boat you know <laughs> uh, he's abducted as a small child from a beach what does he do he wants to run away with his wife and his child to a beach whether he, I, and I don't think he ever makes a conscious connection with this in his mind. But I think it's a very subconscious connection. I would love yeah. for Liz to get a hold of that and go, do you know you're doing this? <laughs> you know? One interesting thing, now we're talking about Liz and, and Katerina and, and, and the searches. Have you noticed what um, 
I don't know if if anybody noticed. I made a post about it, but I'm not sure that uh, that a lot of people saw it or or paid any attention to it. There was um, when Ray was talking to Kirk. There is there is a a lone poster which is not real, so you know it's a prop. It's called it's a it's a fight, a heavyweight fight. Uh, Kate Lore versus Ellie Marks. I saw that like right before we got onto the uh, onto the mm-hmm. chat for the podcast. <laughs> yes, yeah, I, there, I made a separate post, but I had another post that I made before, like when when that episode aired, and I said, "Boy, that is weird," because uh, you know, whenever now I I look at all the props, and if it doesn't look real, I just go and I Google, and there is no Kate Lord, and then Kate Lord is the alias that Elise was using. But look at also Elise and Kate. What is Elise and Kate? Elise, also known as Kate, is mixing up. Elise is a, is, a, is a variation of Elizabeth, and Kate is a variation of Catherine. Katerina. So you got a spy name with the names of the protagonist and her mother. <laughs> Both being spies. I thought it was very interesting to me. That's a kind of little thing that my brain. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> and I, I joke that my head starts spinning sometimes with some of your theories, not because they're, you know, too far out there, but because I'm yeah, going, how did you yeah. get there? I like, I see it now that you've explained it to me, but nobody explained it to you. Well, <laughs> you know? Whenever, when, when Liz memories were, you know, when people were talking about Liz fantasies, and she says, I'm never going to let go. Immediately, I knew what that was about. And I'm like, why is nobody catching up to this? And it took me until, you know, you said, oh, that's so, like, oh, you mean that nobody has, that that note everybody, like, went there and, like, oh, that's what that's about. That's great. And, you know, it's my brain works in bizarre ways. Like, I catch up to these things that are crazy, and, and I just, oh, there you go. I remember that phrase. Yes, but um, how many times have I come back and gone, okay, you called it on, you know, insert theory here. Yeah. With, with no, something well, that we thought was crazy them. months before. Oh, yeah, and I also gone a ginormous amount of them that have gone right back in the trash. And some of them managed to go in the trash and back out of the trash. <laughs> okay, I don't think I've ever had any do that. Okay, uh, I think I think we've pretty much uh, wrapped up the parallels between Liz and, Liz and Katarina. Tom, we're not. Yeah, let's but, do the let's do Elise yes. and Tom because I okay. that's something that is a very obvious situation in which you have Tom and Liz when they first got together they had this huge lie between them in which Tom is a covert operative and dating her under false pretenses. And then you have that's season 1, then you have season 4 with which is really funny, by the way. I just kind of want to insert this in here. That there was, uh, on Tumblr, there's um, the uh, Blacklist Confessions, which there's always interesting things being said over there. If you don't follow that blog, I suggest you do, but also develop a thick skin because you will be offended at some point no matter what you believe. Um, regardless, uh, th- there was a comment on there ages ago, ages, that said... Basically along the lines that it was supposed to be a slight towards Tom that, you know, if if someone had done this to a ROM, the entire fandom would be at, at her throat versus, you know, the fact that, mm-hmm. that Tom had lied to Liz. Anyway, so I think it's interesting that we have a ROM with 
a spy who was undercover, who was dating him to get intel. And so you have these two scenarios, and you have Tom who did it, who who started dating Liz because he fell for her. He he decided he was attracted to her, drawn to her, fell in love with her. There's no telling exactly when he fell in love. I'm sure if you asked him, he wouldn't be able to tell you because when can you really pinpoint when you fall in love with somebody? It's it's rather difficult. Um, and he had followed her for two years. Exactly. And so, I mean, when was that point where, where he, is it when he actually fell in love with her? Is it when he admitted to himself he fell in love with her? And that you have Tom who, regardless of the situation, has an affection for Liz at the very least the beginning. And Elise, who is in there to get intel. You do not get the impression the that Elise frame. has any sort of fondness for Rom at all. None. I She's mean, just there to gather information. She hasn't been there with him for less than a month, if a month at all, because it's been all that time between um, this fake death and here. So we know that this is probably less than a month. Yeah. So there can't be any affection. You cannot compare a month with two years. And the fact that Elise's job was to get close to a ram, to get that information, that, that rubber docket into his computers, and then probably call him and get the whole system infected. Exactly. And While Tom's job was to keep Liz safe from a distance, and he went against Red, in fact, you know, basically setting himself like a bullet between the eyes for even getting close to Liz. Exactly. And so, and so I think, and I, I do, like, I, I've seen it online that there, you know, people are making a parallel there, and I do see it, and I, I think it's fascinating. I think it would be very interesting if they get a chance for a Rom and Liz to talk, or a Rom and Tom to talk, or, you know, something to be brought up in that, that fashion. I don't know if they'll have time. I, I mean, that's, that's a pretty small I, I thing. I think that but, there is a... But I do, I do think that... It's interesting whether it was an intended parallel or not. I'm not sure. Oh yes, but... because is they're using the same phrases, so oh, they're using phrases to to create a parallel. But I also tell people that in the blacklist, there are the straight parallels, but generally it's like I don't. There were uh, street fairs and carnivals used to have funny houses. They had mirrors, and you walk in there, and you saw, and you thought that you were going in one direction, and then you just came face to face to a mirror, and you realized you've gone on in a completely different direction, and you were trying to find an object that the object now is behind you, or and you're completely confused by the mirrors. And I think that the blacklist used parallels in exactly the same ways. That just because you're seeing a parallel doesn't make it into a into a a a, 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 a real mirror. Sometimes it's distorted. Or sometimes they use a mirror to show you. Oh, see, this is not exactly the same. Yeah, and I think that 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 is very much what's happening with Elise and Tom because you have Tom who who loved Liz, who who was I'm not a bad guy here. I was never mm-hmm. here to hurt you. And Elise was very much there to hurt him and everybody that he loves. Uh, just she didn't. Say, I mean, she didn't care even to hurt him. <laughs> she was there to get that job done yep. until they got uh, until they got um, uh, the information they needed. 
Okay, so question of the week. Uh, well, we tumblers. Uh, since we're well, we look into tumblers. Let me make one more parallel. I've been noting that Red has a unique way of one, uh, a unique phrase he uses, a unique opportunity, and he used it again this time. I think you presented with a unique opportunity. That means there is something hugely distasteful that you have to do because I want something out of it. She, he says that to Liz when, when he's like, oh, but you got to stay with, with Tom because we presented with a unique opportunity. Then he says to, 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 uh, to Cooper, oh, you thanks to your desire to protect Charlene, you presented with a unique opportunity to find out what the cabal is, which is what I want. Surprise. And then he says to Elise, like, oh, you don't think you're being an opportunity here? And he says it to Liz here, red unique opportunity. So this is it's very funny because he uses the same phrases for the same kind of things. But I thought it was hilarious. It was a small thing. Um, let me go here. Okay, and I've um, also got... Uh, we've only got a couple of them over on, on Facebook. Um, and so I'll start out with Cindy's. Um, and the question was, do you feel like you can trust Liz's judgment on Kirk? And we talked about this earlier. Uh, mm -hmm. Tessa and I gave our viewpoints that, uh, uh, t just to refresh, Tessa, well, just in general, very quickly. What I, was yours? I thought that, yes, you could, you could trust Liz in a way, but I'm not 100% because I think Liz is being, her emotions are, are getting and her need to understand uh, is getting there. So not 100%. I, I tend to agree. That's, that's pretty much where I am, that she is better than where she was with Red first off because she has that sounding board with Tom that she can actually talk to him instead of, I'm sorry, this is classified. I can't tell you these things. She can actually explain think, it. Yeah, I also think that, that there is one of those. I mean, she, she has Tom. She has a more open relationship with Tom. In a way, she has a more open relationship with Red. But I also think that she has a bit more answers now, and she's a mother. So her understanding of her of the own circumstances in her life are being enlightened by the fact that she's willing to do similar things to what her mother did. Very true. And she's just grown as a human being. She really mm -hmm. has. Yes. And so, indeed. okay, so Facebook, our first one is Cindy, and she said, no, anyone can fabricate a DNA test and anyone can fabricate a life. But the deciding factor for me was Liz wants to know about her past so bad that she's willing to believe most anything. She must remember that she has no memories of her father. Liz thinks mm -hmm. Red has lied to her, but I think that the only thing Red is guilty of is not telling Liz what she needs to know. Um, I think that is smart. Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, it, because if you think about it, all these memories that she has, character's not in them. No. I mean, no. even even when she's having the memories at the, the Summer, Summer Palace, Palace, she sees him there. He's never in but, any uh, memories. And nowadays, she doesn't see him. She sees her mother herself as exactly. a child. Mother. Exactly. But the father is not there. For all we know, Kirk wasn't even there. He may have found that about the can and put the can right there, right next to a... I don't know if you remember, but when Liz goes to the FBI office and she picks up the, the journal and all the information that they use uh, when they have that nice heist, uh, both kings together, there is also a set of plans for the summer 
palace, and there is some alterations done to that house. It's in, right there on the desk of the guy. They don't put a lot of focus on them, but why have plans of the um, house? So I do think that there is something to be said about that, so I like that answer a lot. Hmm. Okay, do you want to read one off Tumblr? Yes. Uh, Gold Girl 1239 said, No, I think Liz is like the rest of us and is so desperate for answers, and she already has the guilt of thinking she killed both her parents. I think her judgment is not the best. Uh, we have, it looks like, a, and I apologize if I mispronounce his name because as we found out last week, Jen is not the best person to pronounce names that she has never heard before. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> Annalise, I believe, is how you say the name. Mm -hmm. Yes and no. I believe, re uh, I believe Red. Anyone can fabricate a DNA test. Liz is acting out of spite, pushing Red and Kirk against each other, pissing off Red, hoping Red will snap. Now that she has Agnes safe, she will push even harder. What I don't get is what answers does she want from Kirk? Tales of happy times and getting him caught with a lie. I don't believe Liz is trusting Kirk as much as she says. She mm. only says she does to get Red mad. I personally disagree with that. Just that last scene doesn't, mm. doesn't jive with me on that. In which I really felt like it was more of a shift of, like we were discussing earlier, it's not that she said, that you can't ever come see my daughter, you can't see me, you can't see my husband, you can't do this. You don't get the impression that they're leaving DC or that she's going to cut off contact with the task force. Red is not saying that he is, he made the comment to Cooper, he goes, if you want this relationship to continue, you're going to do this for me. In other words, they're still going to have a working relationship. And so I don't... There's got to be a point there. I think Liz is angry, yes, but I'm not sure she's pushing Red out of spite. If she was, I think she would have cut him out of her, her plan to go get Agnes. I don't think he would have ever had the heads up that she was going to a different location. Yeah, I don't think that getting Red mad was in the thing. I think, I think that Liz search for answers is is uh it's related to things that that don't necessarily have to do with what red have said or no or not said uh, i think it is you know yes as you said there is guilt like you know i may have killed my parents um uh blacklister 212 said not totally not now that agnes is back in her arms and kirk has cast himself as a martyr betrayed by his daughter but still willing to turn over Agnes, saying how it's all worth it to hear her call father. Despite all Kirk's done so far to prove he should not be trusted, Liz was still conflicted about trusting him. She has want answers for so long and Kirk told a compelling narrative. With Red withholding, what else is new? And her child no longer at risk, I worry for her. She is not, this is a longer answer, so he has to go into... Uh, she, I don't think that she's, she's, uh, I think that she's correct. A blacklister 214 is definitely has a point there. Looks like Yorkie Musketeer, um, oh, yeah. Yorkie Musketeer over on Tumblr said, since Kirk has held her daughter on the ledge, threatened to jump to his death and Agnes's, no, I don't think we can trust Liz's judgment on Kirk. No mother would 
ever want anything to do with this guy again. Liz wants answers about her past by putting her baby in danger. I, I, I've seen several people make the comment, no mother would do this. And while I'm thrilled to death that they had fantastic parents, I mean, I had great parents. My parents wouldn't have done that. But I am well aware that there are plenty of terrible parents out there. I think a blanket statement like that is not not correct. no but i think it's not just like would you would you trust would you trust that um and, and i agree with that sentiment i i also yeah think it's I think more complicated than that yeah. because i i agree with the sentiment that no you should not trust him after that i do agree with that as a third party looking in more or less non-biased i i thoroughly agree with that sentiment but Liz is smack dab in the middle of this. She's been, she feels like she's been lied to for the last three, three plus years. She mm-hmm. has these answers dangling and she is at least convincing herself, if not, you know, she's at least mm-hmm. convincing herself that she can get answers from him, that she can, she's still on this, I can manipulate answers out of him. Whether or not she's totally cold towards him or not, I have no idea. Like, that that's the one point that I'm, I'm undecided on. I am inclined to think that because Liz is who she is, uh, and there was that nice little comment that, that flashed me back to season two, because when she was talking to Cooper about Tom, or no, talking to Red about Tom mm-hmm. in season two, she said, if he comes back, he'll go to prison for the rest of his life and it'll be my fault. Mm-hmm. She said the exact same thing about Kirk. These people that she cares about, even if she she convinces herself she doesn't care about them, and yet when she does subconsciously care about these people, she somehow heaps the things that they have done onto herself. It's her fault well, that he's I going think, to prison. You know, I think that there is there is something there, and and I think you know some of the things I've gone back and forth with her. Kirk is, is, is her dad, or Red is her biological father. Um, I, I still go back and forth in that, but I think that, that Red and Liz share an important um, thing. I think that they tend to, to, to absorb the sins of others. They're both sin eaters. Yes, I agree. Um, we had another Tumblr from, who is this? Beautiful Ocean 73 on Tumblr. Hang on, I just lost it. There it is. Um, agrees with Yorkie Musketeer. Says, no, I do not trust her judgment. He put her in danger and worse, an innocent baby. And as much as she wants answers, he does not deserve her doing this. I feel like both uh, Yorkie Musketeer and, and Beautiful Oceans are, are coming at it from Kirk does not deserve it, which I will agree with them on that. He does not deserve her trust. I will definitely align with them on that one. But, uh... I... Yeah, there is no way on earth, even if you feel that this, you know, Reddington is a, is a, it's a horrible man that is going to take his child and his grandchild and make them into criminals. There is no justification for wanting to uh, jump uh, or threaten to do that with a with a baby, with no. your granddaughter. No, I, I, I'm not sure I have seen anybody defend him on that. Because like I said earlier... I mean, unless had... unless you know that your your granddaughter is going to be a mass murderer. No, not and, even then, you know... because that's taking away personal choice. That's just not okay. <laughs> it's, it's 
Yeah, but let's say that, oh, my God, I know for certain that this child is going to grow to be a mass murderer, will be out there killing children and horrendous thing, and I'm going to end this now. No, he doesn't know this. So I don't, I I mean, I can't find some just some moments or some circumstances in which this will be, you know, maybe acceptable. This is not one of them. Yeah. Okay, uh, there was one last one on there. Did you want to read that one? Uh, Owl's Eye 55 says, Her judgment is crap. I would never trust Kirkland if everything he has done. Threatening to jump off a building with your child? Yeah, you can die from your blood disorder. I ain't donating jack to you. I think she's so desperate to have a dad, she's blind to reality. She drives me nuts. Nuts. I would trust Red any day over Kirk. Well, I'm not sure I would trust Red over Kirk or Kirk over Red, but... <laughs> I would. I, I, because okay, I would not is... trust Red to tell me the truth 100%. I would trust him with my child before I would trust uh, Kirk. <laughs> it's because what the, the art that Liz has in Master is the art of asking questions. If she asks the right questions, he would answer a lot of them. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I well, am not convinced I, that is true. Well, Liz has does something that makes the job, the job of not telling her the truth so much easier. She fires questions, ten, five, six questions right after another, and then Red answers one of them, and she thinks she makes her own conclusions about what he did actually answer, and goes off from there. So it's, I think that in a way, what Red is doing with Liz is is in it's. It's both obscuring the reality and training her. Yeah, if that makes I, any sense. it does, and and I I feel like a lot of the issues I have with the way Red treats Liz, a lot of those are due to the fact that I am unaware of why he's doing it, and, and when it comes to pass, I may or may not shift my views on it, and and I I do at least look at it with the understanding that I don't have the whole well, point of view, and Red does. Look, Ergo, look at this. Look at this. Uh, when you, when Liz was asking about her father and her father and her father, and Ray was saying, I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to tell you. And then we find out, well, Liz shot her dad. Well, now I get it. Because if I tell you, okay, I'm going to tell you what happened. When you were four years old, you shot your father. And then there was a fire and he died. If he didn't die from the gun, from the gunshot, so I think that that we have been proven. You know, could Liz have managed that? I think she could have, um, but maybe when she finds things out for herself, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah, to a degree. I I, I think a lot of it, as things come out, it's it's. We can speculate from mm-hmm. now until, you know, forever. The end of, <laughs> the yeah. end of time. <laughs> but when, when things come out, it tends to make a lot more sense when we have all of the pieces in play. The, the writers know where we're going. James knows where it's going. I think he's one of the few actors that actually knows where the hell this, <laughs> this is going. <laughs> I think a lot of them now know, actually, believe it or not. Really? Yeah. You think they fake it? I think 
I, I think that I think Ryan has a has a good understanding. I definitely think Liz has a lot of it, and I think. Uh, um, uh, well, I, I think. I know I think that, that Ryan was not aware that Liz was going to be alive because uh, there was an interview a while back where they were talking to Megan about it. Yeah. And she said, did you, did you tell anybody? She goes, I told Ryan. <laughs> and it was really funny the way she said it. it. And it was sweet because honestly, if anybody deserved to know mm-hmm. with the way, you know, obvious, well, no, not even James, honestly, because the way he was playing it. I mean, I, I have faith in him as an actor that he would have been able to pull it off. But I mean, Ryan needed to know to be able to play that yeah. duplicity there. To, to you know, um, I I also think that that Harry Lennox lo- knows a lot more than Cooper does. <laughs> that's possible. That's that's incredibly possible. All I, right. I've seen. I've been tracking all these little movements and little things that he does. I know. I think he does. Uh, so this wraps up our sixth episode of Keen Minds, and you can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr. Uh, our those are the social media sites we're on. You can listen to us on YouTube, iTunes, and SoundCloud. In other words, we are everywhere. Um, <laughs> please feel and be free sure to leave us some. Yes. So yes. Uh, feedback if you like the show, if you like to see some things discussed, uh, things that you think we could do better, because we're both pretty green at this. Yes, absolutely. And we, we're always looking for ways to make this better. So if you have those for us, let us know. And you know what? We're wrapping up the, uh, we've got two more episodes to the fall, fin- you know, to the fall finale, and it's exciting. And we're very excited to see where this goes. We do plan to tackle redemption when it comes on because mm-hmm. we love Tom on this Keen, Keen Minds <laughs> podcast here. Do love Tom. Uh, fascinating character they've developed for us. And so we will see you next week. Have a good week and until Thursday. Or until... And have a good blacklist Thursday. <laughs> yes. Bye-bye.